Welcome back to the Kaiser Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Coble. Now, this episode is being brought to you by Sitting Pretty, located at 117 Armstrong Street in Kaiser, West Virginia. Head down and check out their selection of quality merchandise that's listed at a very affordable price. Now, they're going to be running some really fantastic deals because they're getting ready to move to a new location very soon. So I encourage you to hurry down to the store before those deals are all gone. Now don't forget to join the Sitting Pretty Facebook page where they're going live during the week, typically on Wednesday, and they offer even more incredible deals than what you find in the store. So remember, Sitting Pretty, located at 117 Armstrong Street, Kaiser, West Virginia. Now it is time for your not-so-accurate weather forecast for this week. I hope you people truly enjoy this. Could I, I put a whole lot of hard work and dedication into pulling this up on the weather app to read it to you. So for today, the high is to be 74 with a low of 62. They're calling for a 25% chance of rain showers. On Tuesday, The temperature is going to skyrocket back into the lower 90s at 92 degrees with a low of 69. Expect sun all day long. On Wednesday, once again, we're going to hit 90 degrees with a low of 64. This time an 86% chance of showers absolutely all day long. Thursday, the high is 83 with a low of 65. You're looking at, once again, an 85% chance of showers throughout the day. This is going to be followed up on Friday with a high of 84, a low of 66. But our chances of rain are going to drop by half. We're looking at roughly a 40% chance of showers. And then Saturday, the high is going to be 89 degrees with a low of 65. And we got about a 50-50 shot at rain. So if the company's offering you overtime this week, if you have the opportunity to work the weekend, I'm going to tell you right now, if you say yes, it's going to be absolutely beautiful outside. If you turn down that overtime or turn down work in the weekend, then it is going to rain on your parade. That's just the way life goes. Let's face it. Now, because I've had people request it, and I don't know why, we're going to throw in a joke of the week. And I'm going to call it the bad joke of the week. So here it is. And try not to laugh too hard. If you've got something like a fluid in your mouth, go ahead and swallow. Because I don't want this going all over your vehicle or all over your workstation. Cosmetic surgery used to be such a taboo subject. But now you can talk about Botox and nobody raises an eyebrow. Okay, so like I said, now you know why I called it the bad joke of the week. Now let's turn to our local news. First and foremost, happy birthday. West Virginia. Today we turn 159 years old. So we're not quite to Abraham or Noah's age, but we're getting there. All right. We're getting there. 159 years old, an incredible feat. And other news a Kaiser alum has been named the first commissioner of the Division of Multimodal Transportation Facilities. Cindy Butler who is a class of 1982 graduate, started her new position on June the 18th. Cindy has excelled at everything she has done so far, everything she has touched. She has been highly successful at, and I just want to say that we look forward to seeing her continue that success 
within this new position as she not only does things for our state, but she represents our community and our town and our school. So Cindy, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all you've accomplished and all you've done for the great citizens of West Virginia. Now, if you got the paper last week, then you have heard about an opportunity that currently exists, and it's given us a little bit of glimmer of hope. There is a possibility that a bridge could be built that will connect the north end of Kaiser to the rest of the town and prevent the current problematic situation that exists at the current time from happening anymore. What's that problem, you say? Well, as of now, it's been very well documented that the trains keep cutting off the North End residents as they're sitting and waiting to be taken care of. The problem with this is, one, you have no other way out of the North End. There's two roads going across the tracks and two roads coming out, but once again, they're always blocked. The second problem is, there's actually talks that things could be getting busier for the railroad very soon, and we may see more blockage. Okay, this is a huge problem because if there is an emergency, somebody's house catches on fire, somebody has a heart attack and needs attention, the only way to get there right now, if a train is stopped on that track, is through a tunnel. Now, I use that word very loosely because, let's face it, it is a culvert, an oversized culvert, and the only thing that you can really get through there is a side-by-side. So I believe the city purchased one. Uh, the local fire department, I think, has it uh, so that they can get assistance to somebody if need be. But that's still really unacceptable. It looks like under a new program that there's going to be a large sum of funds that could possibly become available to us allowing the building a, of a bridge and how they are going to figure that one out I have no clue but you know how it is with West Virginia road projects I would not expect to see any changes anytime soon so for all of you that live on the north side of Kaiser it looks like you're going to have to continue to deal with this problem for quite a while so you're just going to have to bear with the headache that is what it is on the bright side of things, if this does go through, then it's going to improve things for future generations. And honestly, it will improve the appeal of Kaiser to people on the outside that might be looking to move in. Personally, if I move into Kaiser, I'm not looking at the North End just because of the situation that exists with the railroad. So anyway... Let's move on. The results are in from our uncontested city elections this past week. Surprisingly, all three candidates that ran for office were elected unanimously, even though we had a very, very, very low turnout. I think we're talking like 20 votes for some of these people, maybe even less. But the two council seats have been filled by Teddy Nestor and Jennifer Junkins. And the other position to be had was the mayor's office, and that went back to Damon Tillman, who will continue to proceed as Kaiser's city mayor. I mean, no offense to any of the three candidates when I was talking about how low the counts were. It's just it was an uncontested vote. So why show up 
is really the question. I've always told people, if you got a chance to vote, you vote. But in the in the instances where absolutely nobody is running against anybody, I can see why nobody wants to show up. Now, moving on, the Kaiser Libraries had their summer reading program that has just recently taken off. They had a really nice attendance down at the West End with 59 kids. Lots of fun was had. They had games uh, that were offered to those in attendance. This is a fantastic and a fun program, people. Listen, my kids participated in this program when they were very young, and it's good to see that it continues to serve our community your kids need to be reading through the summer. I'm not telling you to treat it like school days and make them read a chapter a day, but please encourage your kids to take 30 minutes of their time and read. Read a paper, read an article about fishing, read about sports. Don't don't determine what they're going to read. Just let them read. That's so important. Studies indicate that kids who continue to read through summer continue to improve statistically the next year when they get back into school compared to kids that don't. Our local fire department has started something that they are calling duty days. They said duty. I don't know if you've ever seen Wreck-It Ralph, but that's something that little girl says. So anyway, volunteers are given duties that are going to be completed that help maintain the facility, equipment, and in the end, it's really going to help provide faster response times to calls because everything's going to be nice, neat, and in its place. To go along with the cleanups, they're going to take the opportunity on these days to do community outreach activities as well. So currently, they are looking to do this once a month. I don't think they have a definitive day uh, listed at this current time for each day of the month that is coming. In our state news, the past week, this past week, the body of a woman was found in the Kanawha River, and authorities are still looking for the body of a six-year-old boy. The boy's aunt was fishing from the river while the child was, for whatever reason, sitting in the car. At some point in time, the young child somehow knocked the vehicle into gear, and the car took off, striking the aunt and going into the river. The woman tried to save her nephew, but unfortunately drowned in the process. And that is all the information I have as of doing this podcast. Uh, If I get more information by next week, I will definitely let you know. Now, Man, West Virginia, not Man, West Virginia, no, Man, the city, Man, West Virginia saw some pretty nasty weather last week. Some have said that a tornado passed through. While there are some conflicting reports that stated, nah, it wasn't really a tornado, just extremely high winds. Either way, it's irrelevant because one thing that was for sure in the end, and that is that it left a trail of destruction. There were sheds that got flipped over, moved around, scattered across the yards, rooftops removed from homes and buildings, walls that were busted out, tree lines where the the trees were just snapped into pieces, and absolutely just a crazy amount of debris laying all over the road. Luckily, as far as I could tell from the research I did, there were no fatalities listed from this environmental disaster. 
Now, a lot of people like to complain about the road conditions that we have around Kaiser. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you have a legitimate gripe. But just be glad that you're not living in Hinton, West Virginia, where a sinkhole opened up right outside of the police department this past weekend. No known cause has been reported at this time as to why the sinkhole all of a sudden formed. But people, if you think going to jail is bad enough as is, wait until the earth opens up and swallows you on your way there. So you're already like feeling terrible about the fact that you've been busted for whatever it is. And you're pulling into the police station, all of a sudden this sinkhole opens up, and you never make it into the jail. I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. So, once again, glad I'm not living in Hinton. Now, the state continues to draw aid in to provide internet service to the nearly 300,000 households that do not currently have access to the internet. That is an unbelievable number in my mind. 300,000 households that do not have the internet yet. I understand we have a really funky scenario where we have tons of state and national parks. We have a lot of issues with mountains and solid ground trying to get wires and stuff run, but that's still crazy to think that many people do not have access to the internet at their homes. So with nearly $1 billion that has been secured They have basically broken it into a four-part plan to get internet access to West Virginians. Plan 1 provides internet access by extending lines, get this, to a whopping 6,000 homes. Remember, I just told you there are 300,000 residents that don't have internet access in their homes. And Plan 1 takes care of 6,000. Just 6,000 homes. They're simply, like if you live beside your neighbor and your neighbor has internet, but you don't, they're going to extend that line from the neighbor's house to the next house. Now, this is what's even crazier to me. Why is our state having to pay for that? And the reason is because there's not a large enough financial gain to the internet companies for them to do it themselves. Basically, the internet companies are saying we're not attaching them because we're not going to get enough money out of them to pay for what we just did. So a lot of people don't have internet access, not because they can't, but because a company says you're not worth it. Now, plan two provides funds to local governments and political subdivisions looking to gain greater connectivity. This is what I'm going to say here. Read what you want to into that scenario. It made absolutely zero sense to me when I read it, and it still makes zero sense to me. Provides funds to local governments and political subdivisions looking to to gain greater connectivity. So you got a billion dollars, and we're going to take a portion of that to take care of the people that already have the internet, while plan one was to simply provide to 6,000 homes. I think we should be more focused on getting internet to those 300,000 homes that do not have the internet before we worry about making somebody else's speeds faster. Now, plan three is where the state works with ISP providers to use their applications in 170,000 homes. 
So once again, we're going to be paying out, out of that $1 billion, money to the providers just to use their applications. And then plan four is getting low-speed internet quickly to others because, quite frankly, this is the way I read it, it's going to take a while before you can get anything faster. So instead of worrying about just putting in the high speed and doing everything that way, no, we're going to run low-level internet uh, internet service to homes quickly just so they can have internet. That makes no sense to me. That is a waste of funds to even install the low-level because you know these companies are going to be charging the government an arm and a leg well worth more than or well more than what it's worth and then turn around and charge them again to take it from low speed to high speed in potomac state college news thanks to an anonymous gift for their scholarship fund the potomac state college alumni association is only five thousand dollars away from being able to have an endowed scholarship fund people that allows them to provide annual scholarships from here on out All contributions toward this goal are greatly appreciated. We are asking for people to contribute. $5,000 is all we need to make this an endowed scholarship. That is huge, people. So if you are interested, simply call 304-788-6840 to discuss the gift that you're willing to give. Remember, no gift is too small. Everything counts. And I thank you in advance for doing that. Now, I don't have hardly anything. Really, that is about it as far as news goes. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump over to the events coming this week. Let's start things off with today. There's going to be an interest meeting for a Friends of the Kaiser Library group at 6 p.m. We're at, you guessed it at the library after it closes. Like I said, that's 6 p.m. is when you should be able to walk in for the meeting. This is an organization, and what they do is they support and promote the library and its services. There's a whole bunch of different things that you can do in order to support and promote the library. If you're interested in becoming a part of this organization, I beg you to come out tonight and make a difference in our community. On the 21st through the 25th, it is going to be the 73rd Mineral County Fair located in Fort Ashby, West Virginia. The fair will open at 6 p.m. the first day. It's going to end roughly about 11 p.m. on the 25th. Admission is going to be $15 per day, or you can get a week pass for $55. Senior citizens are $8, and children under 36 inches under 36 inches are free and the reason they're free is because you can't ride any rides now i say that but there isn't a an an exception to one thing and that is the the uh i believe it's the ferris wheel it's either the ferris wheel or the merry-go-round probably the merry-go-round and even then you have to have an adult with you that has one of the bands on the arm in order to do that so there is one ride that the kids that are under 36 inches will be able to do as long as they have a parent with them. This cost of this admission is going to include all the events, parking, and the rides. So what are the highlights on Tuesday? On the stage, we're looking at Till Still, 
at the track. We're going to have barrel racing and bull riding. On Wednesday, Highland, Highland Grass plays on the stage. At the track, they'll be doing the Battle of the Barrels, so that's going to be where the local fire departments are spraying water at a wooden barrel on a zip line and trying to knock it to the other side. That is a competition mode, and they will be, you know, going up against each other's cities. So, like, Kaiser's Volunteer Fire Department might face New Creek's. New Creek might end up facing Fort Ashby's. It's a great time. It really is. It's fun to watch, and it's it's nice to support the men and women who put so much time and effort into volunteering to keep our homes and our lives safe. So show up for that. On Thursday, up on stage will be Patchy Fog, Demolition Derby at the track, Friday, 28 Speedway performs, and then Mud Doggins going on at the track, and Saturday, Rock Hazel will perform, and once again, there will be more mud bogging at the track. On June 23rd, The Hounded will perform in Cumberland at Loft 129. The performance starts at 7 p.m. On June 24th, starting at 7 p.m., Pap and Shane will be performing at the North Branch Brewing Company in Kaiser on the outside patio, and that is weather permitting. There is no cover charge for this event. Shelf Life String Band will be performing on the 24th as well at the 1812 Brewing Company. Uh, that's starting at 6 p.m. in Cumberland. The Cumberland Departing Ice Cream Train is going to be leaving the station at 5 p.m. from the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad. Cost is only $10. And what they're going to do is they're going to take you on a ride through the Narrows, and you're going to be able to eat ice cream. So $10 a ticket, and I believe they have vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry as options. That's not a bad price, and it would be an awesome thing to do with your kids. On June 25th, local musician T.J. Simpson will be performing in the Speakeasy at the Toasted Goat starting at 1 p.m. in Frostburg. Also on the 25th, the South Branch Valley Bluegrass Festival will be taking place at Wapakoma Campground in Romney. Those events are going to start at 11 a.m. And then on the 24th and 25th, Probably the largest event for this weekend will be Rock the Mountains at Canal Place in Cumberland. This is year two of the event, and it looks like it's going to be a tremendous amount of fun. This year's performers are Saving Abel with support from Tantric, Drunk After Midnight, Four Against All, Wayward Sons, Lucky Seven, Blind Lane, Pernoya, and Rev. On night two of Rock the Mountains, Nonpoint will be the feature headline, and they're going to be supported by Small Town Titans, Guns Out at Sundown, Silver Tongue, Angerbox, Solo, Tariffs of Jane, Hellfire Empire, Shadowburn, Jaded, Promising Leith, Surrender Dorothy, 28 Speedway, The Downstrokes, and Rock Hazel. People, that is a ton, and I mean a ton of really good music so if you have the opportunity i highly encourage you to get out to the canal place for rock the mountain that is presented by lash balls bar and grill the event is open to all ages just remember 21 plus with id to drink tickets are going to be 20 dollars per day if you purchase them in advance and 25 dollars per day at the gate so with that being said I'm going to call it a wrap, and I hope 
And I pray that you have a great week. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care.